The following is a presentation of the Six Arrows Radio Network. Thanksgiving can mean only one thing. Yep, it's time for another shopping show here on Ham Radio 360 Podcast. Stay tuned. MTCRadio.com presents Ham Radio 360, the podcast, with your host, Kale Nelson, K4CDN. I'm looking around the shack for some jingle bells or something. All I have, all I've got, is a cowbell, and I won't, I won't subject you to that. Hey, I'm Kale. I'm K4CDN. I am your host of Ham Radio 360, the executive producer here for the podcast, the website, everything we do, man. We're just so tickled you're here. I really am. I mean, this is an exciting time of the year. My kids are going crazy somehow. I don't know how because I normally intercept these things uh, as they approach the house, but the Toys R Us catalog has made it into the house. My kids have already lost their mind. Y'all be praying for me, please, because it gets crazy with five in the house all trying to fight over the catalog. (laughs) And I'm thinking, come on, guys, let's get your license and let's buy some radios. And that's what we're going to talk about in this show. Episode number 21, episode number 39, those are both our previously recorded shopping shows. If you haven't heard those, or maybe it's been a while since you have, and you're looking to buy something, you may want to give those a listen, because we cover the bases, the ground bases, okay, what do we want to buy, what would we buy if we needed something to fit in this particular spot, well, that, that's that sh- those shows. This show's going to be a little different, and the difference is we're talking about what's happened since the last program we recorded, trying not to rehash all the same stuff because you guys look at the catalogs, you guys scan the websites, you know what's out there. But there's been some new stuff that's been released to the hobby since uh, last Christmas and especially since Hamvention. So we're going to talk about some of those things with, with our buddy George and Jeremy. Now it's been a while since those two cats were on the show and I'm really excited to bring them back on because we have so much fun when we're on the air together. Now I cannot take any credit for this program uh, and the structure of it. This was this was George's idea. He said, let's do it different this year. I said, hey, that makes a lot of sense to me. Let's get going. So we had a great time recording it and hope that you enjoy the show as well. You know it's Christmas time, or at least it's getting close to Christmas when Richard starts throwing out these crazy deals from Main Trading Company online. You know, I get these emails in the middle of the afternoon, sometimes in the middle of the night. Oh, you're not going to believe what we're doing down here. We're going to sell these DMR radios for $81. Oh, we sold out of those, so we're going to sell these DMR radios for $91. Oh, I want to have the best price on the internet on the new Kenwood Tri-Band Handy Talkie, so we're going to sell it for $638 with free shipping. Yeah, right now, the best price on the internet for the brand new Kenwood Handy Talkie. You know, the one with 220, D-Star, 2 meters, 440, APRS, TNC, Etc. Etc. They've got it and all of the Kenwood gear right now online at mtcradio.com. Got a great package purchase with the TS590SG along with the microphone. Really great deals. You're going to find the best deals for your Kenwood gear needs every single time down at mtcradio.com. Let Richard, Christine, Tammy, Danielle, Chris, let them know that you heard about them here on the show and that you're wanting to shop with them because I told you that you could get the best deals with them. Let them know. They'd love to hear from me, and they cannot wait to share with you the best amateur radio buying experience you've ever had. It's mtcradio.com. Yeah, so uh, very, very special welcome back to George and Jeremy. It's been at least 10 episodes that we've had them here on hamradio360.com, the podcast. Uh, they've been killing it, uh, not people, just the numbers. 
guys, and uh, welcome back in. So nice to be able to chat with you here on the uh, on the big show. Well, thank you, Kale. Thanks. Kale. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I feel like we have been on a whirlwind, thrill a minute, nonstop tour, and uh, a tour de force, and we've come back to the home mothership to rest for five minutes. Yeah, welcome back. You have you have no editing to do. That really is key. And more importantly, this probably won't be a four and a half hour long show. No, I can promise you we're not going down that road today. <laughs> George, great to hear you back in there laughing again, man. Uh, really oh, appreciate thanks, what, you, what what you guys are just doing a great job. And, and on behalf of myself and the, all of the listeners, we really appreciate you guys really putting the time into the workbench. It's been a hit and look forward to continuing having it hit every other week. Oh, we, we've been having a blast, and, and I've learned a ton. It's been really fun working with Jeremy and uh, learning stuff from him and all the great guests we've had, and, and the topics have been really a lot of fun. So it's, it, it's been very uh, educational for me, and, uh, and really I enjoy it a ton, and we're really grateful for all the great listeners and the listener feedback. It's, it's, been, it's been really um, a, a total joy, frankly. It's been you know, and I'll add to that. I'll, sorry, I'll add to that that um, much like faux time, not expecting it to last more than five episodes. Um, I, you know, we we originally sat down and talked. I think we outlined maybe six or seven. Knew we could stretch it to ten, but we've already got another. Uh, you know, we've already got more content lined up. Some guests we're working on getting in, and uh, looks like we're gaining momentum. Kind of makes you feel like Sally Field. They like me. They really, really like me. <laughs> Well, at least they're subscribing. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they like, like us, it. but they're they're coming back. They haven't deleted us yet. So, uh. well, you know what's been also really fun is is reading the the Facebook uh, comments and and commenting back because we get a lot of good feedback that way and a lot of encouragement and those those little comments like hey I like this episode you had a good guest and now I'm motivated to go do that thing you talked about is is very rewarding for us and we really really appreciate the feedback that we get online as well oh absolutely yeah all the way around it's great to make that connection I, you know I was never a face I didn't have a Facebook account till I had a podcast and uh, I can't say that you're going to go on there and find pictures of my kids and my family and anything like that, but you will find me interacting about the hobby and uh, George and Jeremy as well. So thank you guys for all your connections. It really does mean a lot to hear back from you, the listener, as we do our thing here on the shows. Now, this is our annual shopping show, but we're going to do it a little different this year than we have in the past couple, the, the last two years, matter of fact. Episode number 21 and episode number 39 are our former shopping shows where we, we covered really the basics of VHF, UHF, handy talkies, entry level HF rigs. If you're looking for some information about you know what to buy for your car, and you want to buy a new mobile dual-band radio with a cross-band repeater, what should I buy? Go back and listen to episode number 39. Now, we'll have it linked in the show notes, of course, but we uh, there's been a lot happen in the amateur radio hobby vending this year, especially since Hamvention, and that's kind of what we want to talk about this time through is what's new, what's coming, and uh, some experiences we've had with some brand-new stuff. And there, I don't think that we have any better place to start than with the ICOM IC7300, Jeremy. I mean, it's just been it's wow. It's kind of like it just, whoa, it showed up, and, and we're all still excited about it. Yeah, you know, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head that – 
previously we were talking about great analog radios and what we liked, and, and a lot of these radios were three, five, ten years old. Uh, this year, when we look at what's out there, I mean, so many things have happened on um, the software-defined radio front. So many things have happened on the digital radio front. There's the landscape really is changing, and I think starting to shift. I mean, uh, you know, we had the one holdout from the digital wars, if you will, uh, pick a side with Kenwood releasing a D-Star radio. Um, you know, so all of these things are pretty excited. The 7300 is particularly notable because it is the first may not be the right word because again as, as when we talked about this in a previous episode i don't know if the ft dx 3000 technically counts as an sdr but it had a waterfall display but it's a you know at the time was a 32 3300 radio whereas you have the uh you have the 7300 it's in a small form factor really bright screen uh gives you that full sdr experience all in one box and i think now they're selling for under 1400 yeah yeah, at MTC Radio, they're a lot under fourteen hundred, and I can't say that there's going to be a big Christmas special, but I anticipate something big from Richard this year on the seventy three hundred. Yeah, I mean you you've got um, a built in tuner, you've got a nice, uh, big bright touchscreen that uh, you know I took this radio to field day, which is is kind of funny because the radio admittedly. It's not meant to really be operated in a, a field day or in a situation where you have a lot of other stations that are close in who have antennas close together because the, the front end just really isn't designed for that level of uh, of uh, sensitivity or or not sensitivity, but protection, if you will. Uh, but the radio held its own, and I had a lot of people who have never used one of these. Like, they weren't familiar with ICOM radios. They weren't. They had never used a 7100, and I had a lot of people sit down and just start pushing things, and it was very intuitive, uh, very easy to use. Uh, late at night when the, you know, the bands were a little quieter, rather than tuning and listening, you could very quickly just, you know, expand uh, how much bandwidth the radio was showing you on the screen and then quickly spin over to where you saw signals were happening. It really is... Uh, just a completely upgraded total HF experience. Nice. George, have you had your hands on one of those yet? Uh, only very, very briefly. So I just got to spin the knob and, and listen a little bit and touch the touch screen. So I, I have not had a chance to really use it. Well, you know, my, my majority experience has been with Jeremy and his exuberance with the radio, but I'm, I'm friends with some other people as well. And everybody that gets one, says they cannot believe how well this thing hears. They cannot believe how easy it is to operate and what a joy it is to have in the shack. So I'll say it, I say it every show nearly when we talk about our, our sponsorship from ICOM and MTC Radio. It has got to be one of the hottest selling rigs on the market right now. And everybody that I have spoken to that has one has loved it. So I think we can kind of most assuredly say unto you that if you're looking for a new hf rig the 7300 is a a great place to start yeah i've heard that uh, i've heard this i've heard the same thing from a lot of guys here in the in the neighborhood who are hams and um one in particular my buddy john kj6k who uh, he and i uh, designed the repeater controllers that we make and uh, John is super picky. He's he's a really uh, brilliant guy and very picky when it comes to electronics. And the funny thing is the radio he's been using on HF uh, is an ancient, I mean, old, old, old ICOM. I can't remember what the number is, but a really old one. And, and I've been ribbing him for years 
to buy a new radio. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I don't know. And so after a long time, one day he just went off and bought the 7300, and he loves it. Wow. He, and he's very, you know, very picky, and um, and it was kind of a big deal to get a nice new radio. And so, uh, yeah, Kale, I mean, everybody uh, that I've talked to, and people I don't know, even just casually listening on the air, you hear a lot of guys on uh, raving about them. So, um and it sounds like a big plug, but it, but really, it, I think it's it's probably in the price range. Well, there's other good radios too, but you know, in that price range, it's probably the hottest radio right now. Yeah, yeah. and that's what you we're know, talking I'll, about. Go ahead, Jeremy. I say I'll add. Um, I, by the way, I just looked, and actually, this is uh, on MTCRadio.com. This is listed for thirteen fifty nine right now. Wow. You know, I think when we got together last year, one of the radios we were really buzzing about was the recently upgraded uh, Kenwood TSG, I'm sorry, TS590SG, mm-hmm. uh, which was basically the darling for high-performance radios under $1,500. And uh, the 7300 comes out and in a lot of ways really bank pushes that radio to the back of the class as far as, you know, it's about the same price and you get a lot more um, features basically with the 7300 uh you know it's it's really hard to make a compelling argument in my opinion to go out and buy a 590 sg unless you were just a total kenwood fanboy now a couple other things that i will comment um first of all you know the radio comes with a mic but uh i had a heil headset that had uh, the icom adapter and uh you know, I ended up taking it out to field day uh, just to have for isolation for myself. And I will tell you that it made a significant um, difference in the audio, uh, my audio output. And I could tell this because the, the radio has a monitoring function and, and they just, it, the audio was just much punchier, uh, a lot tighter in. It, it, it definitely, I think, made a, a big difference in my signal going out. The other thing I'll say is that it does have a built-in tuner uh, that will only do up to three to one match. So I paired mine with an LDG uh, AT100 Pro 2, uh, which gives you a much wider matching range and some other like power metering and um, you know real-time SWR meter functions. Uh, but that is also a, a worthwhile thing to to use with it. Very good. You know, it was talking about the Howl headset. It was Bob that told us that this was a game changer when we spoke to him and Havention. So uh, it, it was. And what, what the thing that that it's really interesting is this radio. This radio punches way above its weight class. This radio performs far better than it has any uh, any reason to. And it, to me, is just, I mean, if this is what they can do at the $1,500 range, you're getting a performance you normally would reserve for $3,000 or, uh, $3, or $3,300 radios. You know, they, they announced uh, this year that there will be a 7610 replacing the venerable 7600. It will be based on a similar architecture. I expect that radio will be more for contesting. I would expect that it will have a beefier front end with more protection, um, you know, not a radio that won't get overloaded so easily uh, and have even more features. But given what comes out of the box of this, like I'm, I'm sitting here and, and it's difficult for me to even dream what that radio could have in it. <laughs> George, you know a little bit of you know well more than Jeremy and I do about the seventy six ten because you've been on with the ICOM reps. I think you're a little excited about that rig. Are, are you going to buy one? Oh, you know, it's tempting. It, I've got a seventy six hundred, and uh, it's a great radio. It's it's built like a tank. It's mechanically just just superb, um, and of course, it performs really well. And I've been pretty happy with it. Um, and I, I toggle back and forth between that and my and the K3. Those are the two main HF rigs. Truthfully, I don't need two, um, but I, <laughs> I, I'm lucky enough to be able to have two. 
but at this point, I'm I'm kind of tempted to sell the seventy six hundred and get the ten when it comes out. Um, so, and if that's going to happen, I, I should probably get to it because I think yeah, before the seventy six market <laughs> ten comes out, the price of the seventy six hundred on the used market is going to go through the floor. Yep. Uh, uh, by the way, if you if you want to get some um, fairly objective receiver performance comparison, a uh, big tip for the listeners is you could go to Sherwood Engineering and look at their rankings of receiver performance. And, you know, to some degree, this is kind of going over the edge and, and looking at numbers um, to, to, to determine what the best radio is. And honestly, most of us can't tell the difference. But it does give you a professional analysis uh, a comparison between uh, the leading radios and and on the Sherwood list, the uh, seventy three hundred is in the number thirteen position out of all the radios that they've tested, which is very very uh, uh, competitive. And so, yeah, I mean, on, on that list is like the Flex sixty seven hundred, the Elecraft K three S, the K three, um, the Hilberling. Uh, SDR radio, which costs like seventeen thousand dollars, the Yesu uh, FTDX uh, five thousand. I mean, these a lot of these radios are venerable benchmarks in contesting, and then some of the newer um, SDR stuff from Flex and Apache. I mean, the radio is like the weird kid that shows up at the party, and everybody wonders how they got an invitation. I mean, it, it's it's incredible. Yeah, it's it's really good. By the way, comparing to the fifty nine or five ninety. Uh, the 590 fares very well, uh, also, but it's it's in number 15 position. So on receiver specs, again, the the you know, truthfully, you can't tell the number 15 from the number 13 radio, uh, but it does give you a sense that the caliber of the radios are very good at that price point. Uh, to your point, Jeremy, and um, and the radios that are uh, that are uh, above it, all the ones you mentioned there. Um, they're all significantly more expensive. They're all at least twice the price or more. The only one that, that that's in that category at about the same price point is the Elecraft uh, KX3, which is uh, in about the number five or six position, which is pretty good by itself. But um, but that's also a, a a twelve to fifteen watt radio, not a hundred watt radio, and there's no spectral display. So. Um, for a home radio or a portable, uh, let's say, take it camping kind of radio, although I'd kind of hate to do that. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the 7300 is definitely um, the, the the one to look at at this point. So back to your question, Kale. Yeah, I'd, I'd seriously think about the 7610. I mean, if I were willing to spend 3K on a radio, then uh, it would certainly be um, right up there. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we've spent a lot of time on the 7300 on this show, and, and I think it's been deserved. I think that, that uh, ICOM is to be commended for what they've done with that darling of the industry right now. But Yesu dropped a new one on us back at Hamvention, and it, it had everybody kind of wondering as we were going into the convention what actually it was going to be, what was it going to replace, and what was it going to become. And uh, it, it's kind of made its its own place, and that is the FT891. And uh, it's just a very interesting radio to me because uh, it's it really right now the only thing that you can kind of compare it to is its brother, <laughs> you know the the eight fifty seven. So wh- did what, they what discontinue the eight fifty seven? Did they discontinue that one at this point? The eight fifty seven. 
I don't believe so. And if they have, then there are people that are selling selling a lot of stock. But I, I don't believe that it has been officially discontinued. And in all fairness, uh, you know, when we, I, I talked to Yesu at Dayton, you know, and they, they don't see it as a replacement because the the 891 is an HF plus six meter only radio. It doesn't have the the two meter or 440 built into it. So that's kind of an, an odd decision in my mind. You'd, you'd think that they, that would be the replacement. Um you know, I wonder why not. Well, I just spoke with one of their reps earlier this week, and the way it was explained to me, and we're working to have them come on the show, by the way, uh, but uh, the way it was explained to me is that we, we being Yesu, wanted to create an HF mobile radio that uh, guys could use in their cars, mobile, without having so many complicated menus, so many other buttons. I haven't used one, so I can't, you know, say one way or the other. I hear that a lot about the 857, but uh, it's got a larger display. Of of course, it doesn't have an internal tuner, but uh, they have a matching tuner, they'll sell you. But uh, it was expressed to me that it was to be a 100-watt uh, mobile HF radio to be used in a vehicle. Well, when I look at that, to me, it just looks like a new version of an 857 without two meters at yeah. 440. So, it, it you know, it's the form factor is the same. Now, obviously, the, maybe the buttons are moved around or whatnot, but it's essentially the same thing. Well, the screen, uh, but the screen well, looks like it's about 40%. It maybe have like 40% more screen to look at or maybe yeah, even more I mean, than that. There's, there's, there's well, some differences. Hold on. Hold on. I, 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 there's some big differences, though, okay. because I, I agree with you as far as fulfilling the role of a, you know, a portable radio. First of all, it's smaller in size. Um, second of all, as, as uh, Kale mentioned, the screen has a lot more information on it. And, and one thing I will say that uh, Yesu has done both with this and then the, uh, I think it's the FTDM one or 100DM, um, they have nailed a high contrast uh, white backlit black text display. I mean, they're beautiful. It, it puts the ICOM 5100 to shame. Um, but the other thing that's inter- that's a huge difference on this is that all the filtering that was available on the 857 and the 897 was all audio frequency filtering. This actually has IFDSP filtering, uh, which is a much better performer. Um, I, I was going to comment, but I don't know if it has the upgraded... Um, you know, a TCXO oscillator in it, or uh, if that's still an option. It does but have I mean, it. According to the specs, okay, I mean, it's got it. So some mm-hmm. of those things, uh, you know, are are pretty significant upgrades. I mean, the receiver overall is is a, a hotter and a more sensitive receiver. It's got a USB well, jack see, on it, can, too. Right. I mean, I, it's, it's a 15-year newer model radio. So, of course, I would expect those sort of things. And um, and th- those are all very good points. It just seems to me that while they were at it, they would have thrown it to in 440 and replaced the 857. That's pretty long in the tooth. Um, so that that's my, you know, my only comment because it's so similar. It's just it, much much newer. It makes you wonder I'm if sure they're the not going to come out. Better. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to come out with a two meter 440 all band all mode rig. I'm just kidding, guys. That's never going to happen. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm kind of wondering now. Off we're, we're in speculation land is is if they're going to come out with a replacement for the 817, because just like the 857, that 817 has been a super popular radio, and it's uh, a dozen years old or more. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the the technology's moved on, and you can build a much lower noise, better quality radio these days. And I think that they had a super uh, winner in that 817. They sold a zillion of those things. Yeah, and there's still popular today and i would like to have one in yeah. my shack 
I, I, I agree with you, George, because I, I think that actually, you know, I know they've been focused heavily on their digital stuff. They, you know, they released a ton of radios. Um, they have one HF, well, I guess technically two HF radios that have the digital mode in it, which is the, uh, the 991, which is the spiritual successor to the 897, uh, which actually just quick footnote, they also upgraded the 991 to the 991A, uh, which I think was in direct response to the popularity of the 7300. Yep. Um, they added full color uh, waterfall display which to me should have been a firmware update to the original radio uh, unless the processing couldn't handle that level of uh, I'm, of I'm guessing they probably need another front end. They probably need another receiver front end to handle the pan adapter because otherwise you can't do that. Well, the, the previous radio has that, the, has, the, has a display. It just wasn't a colored waterfall. It was um, like different shades of bluish gray. The, well, the big problem with the display, uh, the functionality was that you could either... Uh, um, sweep the spectrum and listen and hear nothing or you can receive and that spectral display is frozen so that was really um, a problem so when you look at the 7300 and you see the spec the dynamic spectrum while you're listening and tuning around you hear signals and you see them moving on the screen what you would expect on the 991 it was one or the other so you could either scan and see the signals or you could listen yes. you couldn't do both which is just that was just in my mind the kiss of death and i have that radio so <laughs> i'm very disappointed in that frankly now looking at these other gear, this other so, gear yeah totally agree that the new radio clearly probably has a second receiver in but i'm just talking about one of the other i mean the the two things they advertise about that radio are you know the ability to both see and listen at the same time but they also advertise the fact that the waterfall is now a colored waterfall which mm-hmm. that's the thing i'm saying should have been a firmware update to the original 991 unless the processor was not powerful enough to actually uh use color as a dimension of data uh display but but it's also very interesting that this basically the 991 they did the same thing that Kenwood did with the 590. They released the 590, and as a relatively fast follow, you know, one, two years later, they released the 590 SG, which has a lot of pretty good improvements in it. Uh, and I know if, if I had bought a 991, which I almost did two Daytons ago, I would be mega upset at the 991A. So let me throw in one little plug here. So while, you know, while we're on this upgradability topic, this is one of the reasons why I'm kind of an Elecraft fanboy, because in every case, when Elecraft comes out with a new generation of a radio, you could buy upgrades to the older version to bring it up to speed. So I think they've done a, a surprisingly good job of of keeping their, their customers updated with firmware, but also giving them hardware updates to retrofit the old gear. So my, my K3 here, I've got one of the original K3s. If I want to, I haven't, but if I wanted to bring it up to the current K3S with the the better synthesizer and all that, I could buy that module and stick it in here um, and have the latest version of hardware. Neither of my HF rigs built in 1992 can do that. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I think that because a lot of the radio technology is going um, to be very firmware based, there'll be a lot more of that, and and then then there's some hardware that you just you have to swap the hardware. Um, so it depends on whether the vendor can accommodate that. So like in this 991, um, there is an upgrade, by the way, for that. You, I believe, there. I don't know if it's available now, but there's talk of being able to upgrade it for, I don't know what it's going to cost. I'm sure it's not cheap. Um, so I applaud them for that. If they actually do that, that would be great. And I would certainly upgrade this one. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, we've covered HF radios in uh, what we have been experiencing and been excited about over this last year as you guys get ready to open your wallets for Black Friday and Christmas shopping. We're going to take a break, but we're going to come right back and talk about QRP portable rigs. We've also got HTs and some other fun stuff coming up. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Ham Radio 360 podcast. Hi, Dan, KB6NU here. Whether you're studying for your tech license or looking to upgrade to general or extra, you should check out my no-nonsense amateur radio license study guides. Written in my easy-to-understand, no-nonsense style, they really are the easiest way to learn what you need to know to pass the test. And they are always up to date. The PDF version of the Technician Class Study Guide is free on my website at kb6nu.com podcast. And all my study guides are available in print, PDF, Kindle, and EPUB versions. Let me help you have more fun with ham radio. Go to kb6nu.com podcast and get started today. You know, Hamvention was a great, big, huge deal to me this year. Again, thank you to the audience and, and George and Jeremy for being there and just just loving on us like you guys did. It was a great, great, maybe one of the coolest experiences of my life to this point, uh, you know, outside of marriage and kids and stuff. It was just a great experience. I didn't ever anticipate the opportunity to be able to do that. And one of the cool things about it, we talked about the IC7300 that happened there. And uh, how could we ever get over the fact that, for all intents and purposes, we broke the story on the KX2 because George <laughs> yes. was there for four days in May and, and uh, got a great interview with Eric. And, man, it was just – he sent it. We got it out. People went crazy. Our numbers just – it was stupid. And <laughs> it was an amazing kickoff to the new Ham Radio 360 brand. And, uh, man, the KX2 still don't have one. But uh, those are just – I really need one if they're, if you guys are listening. Ellacraft is uh, <laughs> K- KX2 for Kel. Um, but yet I can't speak from experience other than just wanting one really bad, but George, tell us, you've got one of the very first ones. How have you enjoyed your kegs too? Oh, it's awesome. I, I got like number 28. So when I was at the, uh, uh, four days in May, I, as you mentioned, I talked to Eric and we, we got to interview him and he was very gracious in making his time available. He did the, the keynote speech and right after that. Uh, he sat down and uh, we talked for about 45 minutes about the KX2 and the design behind it. And then later on at field day, we had a chance to talk to um, to Wayne, who's the key designer on the on the KX2 and so many other things as the co-founder of Elecraft. But um, I, I love it. Uh, I've been a really big QRP, small portable HF radio buff for many years and uh, was one of the first builders of a K. Two. So the first radio they came out with was the, the K2. So I was what they called a field tester. I was one of the first hundred to build the radio. So I've been messing with Elecraft radios from the beginning, and I was so excited to see this one because it really packed a lot of high-performance radio in a very small portable package, and, uh, it, and it, it really delivers. So I'm very happy with it. I've used it uh, quite a bit, and um, and i got to tell you, it's in my personal opinion, it's the HF portable radio to go with because the size and weight versus the feature set is a very good balance. 
So I, I can't say enough good things about it, frankly. Well, you know, we've talked about it a lot, and we've talked about the KX3 for Kale a lot, too. And uh, we've talked about other portable QRP-type rigs on our past shows. I want to remind our listeners, you can go back and listen to episode 21, episode 39, both there in the show notes, as well as Eric's interview uh, about the KX2 coming right off of the stage there at the four days in May. Uh, again, if I could have one, I would have it. It would be it would be so much fun. I just, you know, I probably wouldn't use it in this fashion, but the walkie-talkie style way that you can use it, <laughs> that just looks so yeah. freaking cool as a kid from the 1980s. You know, I mean, it just makes you <laughs> want one even more. Yeah, I have zero desire to try that. <laughs> Seriously. But, you, you know, but, up, at, up at Dayton, we had guys doing it right there in front of us. Yeah, we did. It was we awesome. Did. It was pretty... Yeah, that's a real chick magnet when you walk around the Safeway parking lot with one of those. <laughs> Piccolo's, no, it's, Piccolo's it's, in the parking lot with one, probably. Go ahead. You know, there's just so many great small HF QRP radios, and there's so many people that want to operate portable. And I think a lot of it is driven by the fact that you can't operate HF in a lot of people's homes because they're HOA restrictions or they just can't put up a big antenna. So field operating is very popular. And in fact, our friend Stuart, who's the National Parks on the Air King, uh, he's activated, man, it must be over 50, 60 national parks easily at this point. And uh, so he's a good example of getting out there and operating. And um, so this the KX2 is just like the perfect rig for that sort of thing, whether it's travel or, or hitting the trail or doing soda. It's, it, it's great. The reason I like it is because it's very small and the – the performance is very good. It's got a great receiver. It puts out 10 watts uh, across all the bands, built-in tuner, and even the built-in battery is is good. Uh, on the KX3, I always wind up using an external battery because I want to get the voltage high enough to put full, put out full power. Because mm. on the KX3, if you use the built-in batteries, you're limited to 5 watts. With the KX2, with the built-in battery, the thing puts out 10 watts. So... It's a it's just a super little radio. I, I can't say enough good things so, about it. So what what would a good portable radio be without a good portable antenna? And Pactenna has really stepped up their game. I don't I don't say improved because the classic is amazing. But tell us a little bit about what happened with Pactenna this year. Oh sure, because we're we're all excited about what's going on there. True. Um, well, the the we launched the Pactenna Mini, so the different versions, the the nine to one random wire antenna and the NFED half wave, and uh, we've sold a ton of them. They've been very very popular. I think we're lucky because the KX two uh, is the perfect match, or the KX three is a perfect match for the Mini, because you want a small antenna that's easy to deploy and easy to put away, and weighs very little, uh, but gives you uh, good antenna performance. And so the minis have been super popular. And we also redesigned the original Pactenna one-to-one bow in the feed point and made it smaller. So it's electrically the same, but it's, it's physically smaller. So it's more compact. So those have been uh, very popular also. And uh, we uh, have a new thing we're going we're gonna to prototype, which is kind of a crossover between the Mini and the uh, traditional Pactenna. And I haven't talked about it um, publicly yet, but it's basically taking the concept of the Mini's wire winder uh, layout, but putting the one-to-one balance on there so you can make a linked dipole version of a Mini. Oh. And it's a little bit longer because we're expecting you're going to have more wire. So instead of being five and a half inches long, it's about seven inches long, uh, maybe a little bit longer. And... Um, 
you can make, let's say, a, like a 40-meter or 20-meter inverted V and have the ballon and the winder and everything all integrated together. So we're going to get some uh, some of those circuit boards in the next few weeks and build a few prototypes and maybe get some uh, some listeners who want to build one and try it out and see what they think. Jeremy, did you know that? I had no idea. That's, that's news to me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, brand new. We just sent off for the boards the last week. Cool. Do they have like a hook in the middle to hook it on the pole or something? Yeah, so uh, when Stuart did his review, which is so nice, so Stuart did a, a fabulous review in QST of the Pac-10 Mini, and one of the things that he mentioned in there that he really liked is the the big hole at the top, and the hole is there to allow you to clip in a carabiner or a piece of paracord or something to uh, hold it up if if you need to hold it up to, um, in the air. So so the the new version um, of the a balanced antenna, the the inverted V or dipole, it has a big hole in the same place, so you can hoist it up if you don't want to support it by the wires, and you use the same kind of wire assembly technique that we had on the Pac-10 Classic, which is uh, a, a plastic carabiner that snaps into two big loops, uh, and then there's a um, strain relief to a banana plug that plugs into the board, so that way you can have different lengths of wire uh, and snap them on. And if you want to uh, not plug in the wires, you want to solder them on the board. There's solder pads to do that. So uh, there's a lot of different ways you could actually use that that antenna. So uh, we're going to build a few of those up and field test them over the next couple months. And after the new year, we'll probably have those available as well. But uh, Oh, and we also started to carry some other accessories. We've got some um, different lengths of coax cable. we got RG. 316 Teflon uh, skinny coax. We've got some RG58 um, Teflon super high quality, 100% shielded coax. And uh, we also got some uh, standard RG58 coax. So there's a lot more stuff that's going on the website. Now it's, it's pack, coming, become a lot of com. work, I got to tell you. Yeah, pack, uh, yeah. Pactina.com. <laughs> Yeah, and you can, you guys, if you can't remember that, you can look in the uh, the sidebar, and, and they're one of our show sponsors there, uh, Pactenna.com. George and Nick doing it big out on the left coast. Uh, you know, there there's other things happening in the QRP field, and, and Jeremy, you're going to be, you and George will be a little more up to date than this than I will because, you know, I'm not a QRP guy yet. So uh, tell us a little bit. we got some more time in this segment. Give us uh, some more things happening right now with QRP. So another radio that I think was a uh, pretty popular date in this year, and it, it's not the first year it was there, but um, I know that every, I tried to get an interview with these folks and every time I went by the booth, they were too busy, like literally. And I, I, I was there even on the third day of Dayton and still couldn't get time with them. Um, it's an Italian company called Elad, uh, Echo Lima Alpha Delta, and they have a uh, portable QRP SDR uh, that's kind of a hybrid radio because it can operate in a standalone mode where you just take the radio out in the field and use it, or you can plug it into a computer uh, to interface uh, digital modes with it, or you can get uh, spectrum display out. And it, they have a couple of options there. You know, you can either get one big chunk of spectrum uh, or several smaller chunks in different parts of the bands, which is uh, pretty cool. The radio sells uh, for twelve hundred euros. I think it was selling for twelve hundred dollars at Dayton. I'm not sure what the conversion rate is right now. And there is an American supplier whose name escapes me, but I will make sure we have in the show notes. Um, we have a friend that did purchase. This was one of his big purchases at Dayton. 
and he's had nothing but good things to say about it. Uh, the receiver is very good. Uh, the software is good. And uh, it's, you know, just a fun little easy to use little portable QRP radio uh, out in the field. Now, in addition to that, one of the things that we have seen overall, and especially in the last two years, is, uh, you know, there have been several QRP radios from China. There's uh, a radio that is the X1M. Uh, more recently, there's the X108G, and I can't pronounce the name of uh, the manufacturer of this radio. Um, let me look it up. That's, that's why we have show notes. Zigo, X-I-E-G-U. But uh, I know that, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Nick uh, N3WG actually bought one of these radios. And uh, some of the earlier ones were a little uh, hit and miss in performance. But I, I do expect that we will see more of these radios uh, coming from the Far East as, uh, as the years uh, continue on. Very good. Very good. Now, uh, in the last Workbench show, as you guys were uh, doing your news and highlights section there at the beginning, you talked about the new comm radio, the CTX-10. I recently received my brand new, and thank you very much, Universal Radio, for still putting a catalog together, as well as HRO do, does a great job with their catalogs. Uh, but the, uh, the the new comm radio CTX-10 is, to me, a really, really interesting-looking rig. Um, of course, I don't have any QRP rigs, so you know, send them on. They'll be fine. But this one, is it's, it's, it looks different than what we're used to seeing with these QRP rigs. Maybe that makes it a little more intriguing. I don't know. Uh, we don't have a release date. We don't have a, a street price. But it's nonetheless a cool-looking SDR QRP radio, would you not say? Yeah, these guys, um, the, the, the company is... Um Actually, I think it, it, it's Com Radio, and they're uh, they're based out of Colorado. They actually manufacture here in the United States. Their initial product was the uh, CR1, um, which was basically uh, a software-defined receiver, more or less in a box. Um, the original receiver covered from uh, basically 160 meters all the way through 440. Uh, with a gap in six meters, most likely because it was not a direct um, a direct sampling or direct conversion radio. My guess is there was an IF or something in there. Um, but the performance of the receiver was pretty good. Uh, the company initially was good about doing firmware updates and updating features. There's uh, built-in DSP filtering. And uh, the radio also had a built-in lithium-ion battery, uh, and it was a very small package. In fact, actually, the, the, the rubber foot stoppers for the thing are comedically large compared to the size of the radio because it is, it is tiny, like definitely handheld. Mm. So it looks like they take their learnings from that. Um, the second version of the radio, the CR1A, actually had a USB port on it, which would give you 192 kilohertz of uh, spectrum output, which is the same uh, bandwidth you can get out of a KX3. And now they're going to be making um, a, an actual transceiver that's going to be 160 through 10 meters, I believe. Um, and that's overall, yeah, and I, I don't remember what the power out is. I can't remember. Oh, it's one like to 10, 10 watts. One to 10, yeah. And, uh, you know, the case, the, the newly designed case looks like it, it is a giant heat sink. It still has the very compact um, OLED display on it. It's pretty much six buttons and two knobs. Uh, so I, I expect it to be, um, you know, very easy to use, uh, very portable, has a single BNC connector, and then uh, also still the internal battery. Uh, but yeah, it looks like it could be an exciting design. Again, not approved by the FCC yet, but uh, that may be out uh, here soon. And it's got built-in batteries as well as an antenna tuner. I didn't know it had the antenna tuner. Yeah, according to this, uh, it says it has an integrated CW reader. 
an antenna tuner portability an antenna tuner enhances portability sorry okay maybe, and if i did know it and forgot it since the last workbench a lot has happened since yeah. there yeah well, i mean, heck, I mean the show was know, four hours long so i mean i'm just kidding guys <laughs> <laughs> just seemed like four hours come on I mean that that's one of the the neat things though about the you know the the world we live in where these guys I mean in Elecraft themselves mm-hmm. um you know are using some off the shelf components uh you know for synthesizers and things and I, you know I expect that these things are just going to keep getting smaller and smaller and another thing that's interesting about the QRP space I mean if you take the KX3 which is uh you know up to 15 watts uh, 160 through 6 meters plus a 2 meter option you move down to the KX2, which is 80 meters through 10 meters, uh, 10 watt radio, and it's even smaller. I mean, I, you know, George, we did a video where it's basically, if you were to stack like three iPhones on top of one another, that's about the size of the radio. Um, and then uh, you keep moving down from there. I know, like the LNR Precision radio we mentioned is very small. This thing is going to be very small. Then you have some larger radios that, uh, you know, like that ELAD that can be standalone or connected to a computer. I mean, there's just a lot of options in this QRP space. There is. And, you, you know, you can go from just hardcore, simple stuff, you know, building your own CW 40 meter transceiver with through hole parts. Uh, you can you can do the U-Kits thing. You can just keep going from one end of the spectrum, literally, financially and size-wise, to the other. And there's something for everyone. So uh, a lot of cool stuff still out there in QRP. And the funny thing about it is, to me, at least in my five years or so in the hobby here, it seems like it's just getting more and more, more, and more exciting. And even like CW, there's more people doing it. And, and for whatever reason... Uh, maybe maybe it's goat maybe they just like watching the goat videos you know and they want to be just like steve so who knows hey we're gonna we all want to be like steve <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i'm going to be back with uh, george and jeremy here in just a couple minutes this is our uh, kind of a black friday shopping show we've done this in the past and we'll have the uh, the older shows in our show notes make sure you check that out at hamradio360.com coming up next handy talk is everybody wants to buy one and we're going to tell you about the new ones this k4 cdm back in a bit you know, I don't know if you'd call us a typical podcast or not. It really, I, I'm really not trying to, to be determined or to be defined by someone else's definition of who we are. I think that we have a great time. We have a great group of guests and guest hosts here on the program. Some of the best co-hosts that a man could ask for. And I, I've got to tell you, one of the, the greatest things, in addition to our wonderful sponsors here with the show, is the, is the support we get from our friends in the audience, from our listeners. It's amazing to me to know that you guys want to help support what we're doing here a big thank you to all of you who have given through this past year for those of you who have purchased gear to help send me to the Dayton Hamvention uh, even those of you who very recently purchased some hats and some shirts and some patches and some toboggans or beanies if you want to call them that whatever you call them we appreciate you buying them It, it really helps it really does and I'm very sincerely thankful for every one of you whether you've given or not that's really neither here nor there. You've given me your time, and that's quite, quite humbling. For those of you who have given financially, thank you very much. It really, really makes a difference. I'm a blessed man, and I love doing this podcast. I've got a great audience, and I thank you very much for keeping me around. You know, it's kind of funny when people come into the hobby, the first thing they think they have to buy is a handy talkie, and maybe it's because of... Maybe it's you know the low cost thing or something. I don't know why we always kind of go back thinking we need a handy talkie, but uh, you know for me uh, it's what I started with 
but uh, I very rarely use them, and when I do, it's my Kenwood. But uh, speaking of Kenwoods, there's a brand-new Kenwood radio on the market that people are just kind of going crazy about right now. Uh, I don't think I, – I, I haven't seen it in person because I never got over to the booth during Hamvention. But, Jeremy, you've you spent a lot of time looking into the new radio. Tell us a little bit about what you know about it. Yeah, so of course, Kale, you're talking about the Kenwood THD 74 Alpha, uh, and this is a radio actually we've talked quite a bit about on uh, on the workbench. And of course, I, I have railed about its price, which uh, when it first came out, it was at 650. Uh, currently, the major retailers are selling it for 640. I would not be surprised if this is a radio that sees a discount on Black Friday, but I don't know that for sure. Um, so this this radio is really interesting because they took basically a THD seventy two, which was the uh, you know probably the most well equipped uh, APRS uh, dual band handy talkie that was ever designed. Has a full uh, Kiss TNC built into it. Uh, could actually operate as a uh, standalone digipeter. Uh, I mean, just every you know the Cadillac of APRS radios. So they took that, and then on top of that, they added D-Star functionality. Um, so the radio is compatible with uh, all your D-Star repeaters and your hotspots. Uh, it pretty much is, in a lot of ways, function for function, similar to the uh, venerable ICOM ID-51, with a couple of exceptions. So uh, the radio on top of that uh, includes Bluetooth, so you can connect it to Bluetooth headsets. You can also even program it over Bluetooth because it has a Bluetooth serial profile. Mm. has a built-in SD card slot for uh, keeping GPS data. has a built-in GPS, uh, but you can track GPS data. You can load, uh, you know, you do programming over that. You load your firmware over that, and you can record QSOs uh, similar, to you can, uh, similar to the way you can in the modern, like the ID51 or the Yaesu uh, FT1DM or the, one, or the 2DM. So, and that's that's not all. <laughs> there's more. <laughs> on top of all, there's more. On top of that, they actually also throw in a an HF receiver with DSP filtering. So that's a uh, that's a, a callback to the uh, the TH. I think it's the F six. George, is that right? The TH. Yes. Uh, yeah, you know that thing has an HF receiver in it, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bench so, joke, guys. If you haven't heard that one. Well, actually, from our original, I think that was our, our very first uh, show together Shopping. doing the buying show was, yeah. was yeah. me 21. out. But so, yeah, that TH, uh, the THF6, uh, you know, had has a, a wideband multi-mode receiver and the 220 band. So this radio, the 74, includes a, a, a much improved um, HF receiver with filtering, and it includes 220. So it's pretty much taking... All of the features from all of Kenwood's current stable of of uh, handheld radios, and then throwing D Star in. You know, actually, now that I've gone through that entire list, maybe I do feel a little bit better about the price tag. Well, I was getting ready to ask you: Is it do you, in your mind? I mean, it's it's six hundred and forty or fifty bucks. I mean, we're talking about that's what more than a lot of people will will be able to pay for a for an HF rig. It's actually yeah. that's exactly what I paid for my my big HF rig was six hundred and fifty dollars. So yeah, uh, that that's a I got a heck of a lot of radio in here. I mean, and that sounds yeah, like a heck that, of a heck, that sounds like a heck of a lot of radio there as well. Uh, but, but I bet your HF rig didn't have a belt clip. It's got a handle. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe maybe it the, has an Alice pack frame. Yeah, it's got the factory <laughs> handle and feet on it. <laughs> so 
you know, one other thing, um, going back to comparing this as far as D-Star performance, because, I mean, that's the thing. We know Kenwood knows APRS. Kenwood literally uh, has written the book on how to do APRS well in uh, commercial ham gear. Uh, the D-Star side, obviously, this is their first foray into it, and uh, I've been tracking the uh, – there's a Yahoo group uh, for this radio that is frequented by Don Arnold, W6GPS. Uh, Don has been a longtime friend of Kenwood uh, and the company Avmap and really been a proponent of uh, these cool APRS integrations between products. He was able to get his hands on one of these radios a little bit early and did a ton of informative videos on YouTube, walked people through menus. And those things, but this was Don's first foray into D Star. So, uh, you know, one thing that's nice about that is that he he kind of has you know a uh, a newbie view, if you will, of how the radio is set up. And of course, the menus and things are traditional Kenwood menus where you know you can remember the code numbers to get into individual items. Um, a feature that I was really surprised that the radio had is that um, so yes, I'm sorry, Icom. Uh, when they released the, I believe it was the, the 5100 came before the ID51 Plus. They implemented this mode called DV Fast Data, which traditionally DV Fast Data is 128 kilobit and was only available on the 1.2 gigahertz gear. What they did is they kind of took a page from Yesu's playbook, which Yesu for their digital bandwidth, you can use all of it just for data. Traditionally with D-Star, uh, approximately two-thirds of the data that's transmitted is used for uh, voice data and error correction. And then there was always a, a 1,200 baud uh, channel, if you would, to be able to include data, which often would be packet data. Um, this little sidecar was what was, you know, all the data transmissions modes used to use like uh, DRATs and whatnot. But in the modern version of the ICOM implementation, you can now use the full bandwidth just for data, which gives you about, I think, 3,400 baud or 3,840. I, I get those transposed in my head. So Kenwood, and again, this was a surprise, also implemented that fast data mode. What's cool about the radio, there's a USB connector directly on it, whereas with the ICOM radios, you have to use like 42 different uh, adapter cables to go from a tiny little 2.5 millimeter pin with or jack with like five pins on it, uh, you know, to get to USB. Now, what I will say about this radio is this radio does have a, is if you are a true D-Star purist, this radio has a couple of rough edges, but they would not deter me from buying it. One of the uh, one of the issues that the radio was having when it first released is that getting uh, DPRS, which is akin to APRS, but there's a, a mode called DPRSA, uh, which formats your position data in such a way that it's compatible with ICOM. And if the repeater is set up for it, it would send that position data to APRS.FI. So people were using the radios traditionally and were not seeing their position data show up over there. And, you know, when they started looking at how the packets were formed, you know, something was malformed. Also, if you talk directly to another ICOM radio, that position information wasn't getting across. In the most recent firmware update, which is actually the fourth firmware update since the radio has shipped, and the radio has only been shipping since the end of September, and we're just now in the middle of November. So major kudos to Kenwood for keeping this radio up to date. Um, They've gotten pretty close to fixing this issue because now other ICOM radios will see the position data, and we're just waiting to see if they'll actually fix it so that it mirrors the implementation that ICOM uses you know, throughout the system. But this radio is incredible, and I, I'm actually really excited. It's not available yet. Nobody's talking about it, but as uh, George and I had discussed, 
if you've done all this design work and fabrication work to build the brains of that radio, the only thing you have to do is take out the five watt and then put in a 50 watt RF deck, and you're going to have one of the probably the most amazing mobile radio ever released uh, by the big three. Wow, that's quite a uh, that's quite something to anticipate. Yeah, the tribender with tribender with everything else in it. Yeah, I mean, literally everything but the kitchen sink. I mean, this I'm 99% sure this is going to be my first purchase of Dayton next year. Wow. Now, one of the things that I was very tempted to purchase at Dayton this year, and and I got to blame it on Ed because Ed almost talked me into the uh, the ID51, and you guys have have them, and y'all have talked about them a lot. Uh, we've we've seen maybe what two new introductions or two new products in that in that family over the last year or so. Uh, George, tell us a little bit about the new ID fifty one handies. Well, the fifty one uh, model that's just come about to come out is the plus two model, and the the basic idea is they took the fifty one, which as as you said is very very popular. Um, I've got a fifty one that's my main D star handy talkie. Uh, then they, they added two big features to it. So in the D-Star world, when you want to connect to the network, normally you would transmit into your local repeater, which is connected to the Internet, and so you can gateway to other repeaters around the world. Well, if you don't have a repeater handy or if you just want to have your own way of getting into the network without a repeater, there were a couple of, of these devices that uh, were invented. One's called an access point. The first one on the market was the Internet Labs uh, digital voice access point, the DVAP. And basically, that's a little 10 milliwatt base station transceiver that plugs into your computer. And you transmit on your handy talkie across the room or across your house to this little access point. And now you can point that access point to anywhere on the Internet to any other repeater or access point or conference bridge and talk to people. The other device, which was also originally invented by the Internet Labs guys, is called a DV dongle, and that product is just the audio codec. No radio, no um, radio required at all. This is just the codec chip, the chip that does the voice coding and decoding, in a little box with a USB cable, and you plug that into your computer, and then you use a computer headset, and you use your computer as a terminal to talk to the D-Star network. So it's like using Skype, yeah. but you use uh, software um, to go to the D-Star network. And, and what this little piece of hardware does is it codes the, the voice in the proper format. Well, anyway, the reason I'm going through all that is those are the two features that are implemented in the ID51 plus 2. So that radio will have both that, that um, codec uh, DV dongle feature as well as the access point feature built in. So those are things that we would normally buy as aftermarket gadgets and use them to enhance our D-Star system. And this way they'll be built into the radio. So uh, that'll come at a bit of a premium, of course. Uh, that radio is going to be, well, I want to say 550 Jeremy, if uh, you recall. I've, street price I've seen on them is uh, has been 499 Okay, street price. I think like list is 550 so... So yeah, so high fours. Um, so that's certainly a, an, an interesting thing. So whether or not you go down the path of the plus two model or get a regular 
ID51 and get these other devices aftermarket, uh, there's two ways to go. In fact, on the on the workbench episode, uh, one or two episodes ago, we were talking about that. And my suggestion would be to get a less expensive ID51, the current model, mm-hmm. and one of those external devices uh, like a Raspberry Pi plus one of those uh, DVAPs or a DV4 Mini or one of the other various um, uh, access point boards. You know that 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 ICOM really understands their audience. They've uh, doubled the price on this handy talkie, but they painted it with a camouflage paint. So, <laughs> I mean, so you can't find it. Yeah, well, I mean, it looks really cool. So, it looks really cool. But, it's a nice. It's kind of like a Samsung kind of uh, camouflage, like they did on their rugby phones or whatever those were that they did a while back. It's a nice camouflage pattern. Really kind of mute tones. The colors look nice. But uh, I think that you're saying, and I would have to agree, that if I were going to buy a 51, I would buy one from Richard and just buy the regular 51, what, is it A? Is that the one, the anniversary? Well, or? Let, let, let's take just a second and kind of go through the lineage of this radio, because there have been four versions that are all the ID51. Okay. There was the original ID51, which is you know, basically the – it had the built-in um, use the GPS to look up in a, a directory that you load into the radio to find your your closest D-Star repeaters. It also included um, the ability to uh, record QSOs. So that was the very first version that came out. Shortly after that, they released the Anniversary Edition, which would go on to become the Plus Edition. The big difference being the Anniversary Edition uh, was available in five or six colors. Um, like, For instance, I own one of the Anniversary Editions. It came in white. It added several new features that were not available to the original 51, including uh, it's one of the only or one of the few. There's technically another one now. But it, you can load a repeater database in it and use GPS to find both analog and digital repeaters. So that was option one, or feature one. Feature two was uh, it added the ability to do that fast data mode that I was talking about with the Kenwood earlier. And then feature three is it had the ability to interface with uh, an Android app that's available uh, for download in the Play Store for free uh, that will allow you to do things like take pictures with your app and send them to people uh, through the radio. Uh, you could do keyboard to keyboard messaging. You, uh, you know, you could pos- trade position data and map position data. Um, you know, and also uh, control some of the routing and whatnot. So, I mean, the the, the app has a, a few features in it. After that, they released um, the ID fifty one plus, which was only available in black. All the existing and ex- identical functionality is the anniversary edition. After the Plus, there was another run of different colors. That radio, um, I think they actually just called them Plus Colors. So that was, the at that point, the fourth iteration. It's the same functionality as the Plus. It just came in uh, one of five different colors. And now we're on the Plus 2, which a couple things that are... Uh, this radio seems awesome. Again, prices is a little bit up there because if you can find the anniversary radios, I, those were selling for under $300. I think... Uh, as low as like 289 or 279 at one point, uh, certainly over Dayton. I know Richard was blowing them out. The uh, the plus the plus model is no longer available. I think you can only buy the plus colors. It's available for uh, 409 uh, MTC radio, but there's a mail in rebate that gets that down to 360. <laughs> 360. Uh. Um, 
you know, and then this new radio coming out will be, you know, selling initially at four ninety nine. My guess is by Dayton it'll be down fifty or a hundred bucks when it is the only ID fifty one on the market. Yeah. But what's interesting is number one, I haven't they've been available to purchase for a while. If you go to ICOM's website, they call it a limited edition radio, which seems odd to me given the new feature set. Maybe it's just because of the colors and they'll eventually just have a black only option. Uh, number two, like I said, these radios are out there. Like you, you can order them. I know people are stocking them, uh, or at least some retailers are. But I haven't found word one about them. And if you're you talking go about the to plus I- two model, yes, the plus two model. I didn't like think if, they were actually released yet. Yeah, if I go to HRO's website right now, like I will see they have stock of them at several stores. Oh, okay. Now the other thing that's odd to me. If you go to ICOM's website, and I just looked at this today because it's been a while and I was hoping it was updated, the manual and the brochure listed under the Plus 2 is the manual for just the regular Plus model. Like, there's no reference to the new functionality in it. Um, And I haven't seen a single review on the Plus 2. I haven't seen a single video on the Plus 2 except for what came from the Tokyo Ham Fair er, earlier this year. So this is a radio that I think is really cool, especially if you are heavily invested in D-Star. Um, it gives you a single device that great for traveling uh, and things like that. Uh, but again, not much information out there about it just yet. In fact, I'm not even sure Richard has them for sale yet. Yeah, I know that he had them pre-order, but I haven't been over to look in a while. Uh, George, you added one to our list, which was kind of funny because this was like just moments ago that this went on the list. This is not a D-Star radio. It's not a 650 or $550 handy talkie. Well, what did you put on our list? <laughs> yeah, I put on the, the Oshan KG UVD-1P, which is a mouthful. And that thing is the 2-meter and 6-meter radio. And the reason I put it on the list is that I didn't even know that thing existed until we had a conversation earlier tonight about six meters. Yeah. And, and, and uh, for the listeners, Kale said, oh, well, I've got a six-meter handy talkie. It's an Oshan. And I thought, well, I've never heard of that. I d- I, and I'm a big fan of their normal handy talkies. And I had to look it up in Son of a Gun. There's a two-meter and six-meter HT. Uh, so n- now I'm thinking maybe I, I have to have one of those. I have a pair. <laughs> maybe we could talk to each other. Yeah, maybe when there's an opening, a D-layer skip opening, we can chat from one end of the country to the other. (laughs) But anyway, I was just surprised that, uh, yeah, I bet. Well, and if we're talking about Ocean, um, you know, one of the radios that I got from Richard at Dayton, he just talked me into it, um, is the KGUV8D+. This is a, a version of the radio that's got the big color screen on it, but it is 2 meters, 220, and 440. Uh, and this radio is available for about 110 bucks. And uh, you know, it's it's of the Chinese radios. I think they are definitely uh, probably the best. Has a few quirks to it, um, but overall, I actually it's it's the one of the analog HT that ultimately kind of gets used the most down here on the bottom story of my house because I constantly am just throwing it around. And but I have it available anytime I, I want to pick it up. And um, battery life on it is really good. And more importantly, batteries and accessories are super cheap. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, George and I both can speak on their behalf. Um, the Oshin, which is actually not spelled Oshin, <laughs> Wuxan, I think Richard calls it, but uh, that's how they say it in Texas. No offense, guys. Actually, I, I have to correct myself. Editorial uh, update. Um, the UV8D Plus is uh, is 2 meter and 440 only. Okay. Sorry, this model is the KG UV8 Echo. That okay. is the tri-band, and it's available for 160 um, It also has the cross-band repeater built into it. Which is a pretty cool little trick. 
that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So the thing about these radios that really surprised me, when they first came out, a buddy of mine bought them, and I was just giving him no end of grief because, of course, it's going to be a I thought it'd be a piece of junk. And so eventually I broke down and I bought one for myself. And my absolute favorite HT at the time was the old uh, Kenwood THF6A, which is a wonderful radio, small, very did good you, performing radio. Did you know that radio has an HF receiver in it? I, <laughs> no, is actually. Is there an echo in here? I have no <laughs> idea. Thanks for pointing that out. So, so what really surprised me was the transmit audio on the on the UV3D, the Oshan radio, sounded about as good as the Kenwood, which has very good audio. And the received performance was very good. And it wasn't a total misery to program. It was only somewhat inconvenient. So at that point, I thought, wow, for like 100 bucks, this is a darn good radio. And so I've standardized that one on on my my fleet of inexpensive HTs. I, I bought uh, a few of those, so uh, one for my backpack for day hikes, and I, I have one in the trunk of my wife's car and one in the trunk of my car. And you know, for a hundred bucks a piece, if you drop it and step on it or drop it off the cliff, it's not a big deal. But you're getting performance that you would expect out of a three hundred dollar radio. So um, I, I think as you start going lower in price down into the Bofang zone, you know, a Bofang for thirty bucks is not at all as good as the Oshan radio for 100 bucks. So for me that's a that's a reasonable trade-off. I think at that point you know you could say well is it really worth the 3 or 400 bucks for the Icom? Mm, yeah, if you want the D-Star features, that Icom is an awesome radio. Plus it's got like you said Jeremy the GPS receiver, it's got the uh, the repeater directory lookup. So there's a lot of luxury features that make it a great radio. But at 100 bucks, it's really hard to beat these uh, these uh, Oshan radios. Yeah, yeah, good performers. Guys, we're going to continue our conversation with something we haven't talked about on a shopping show before. You don't want to miss it. Stick around. It's Kale, George, and Jeremy here on Ham Radio 360 Podcast. And we're talking about it. Black Friday, Christmas time, New Year's sales. Where are you going to spend your money? Listen to Kale. You're here every week listening to the show. Listen to this man's advice. Are you ready? It's really simple. If you want the best deal for amateur radio gear, Main Trading Company is the place to shop. MTCRadio.com. They've got the 7300 on sale. They've got handy talkies on sale. They've got flagship rigs from ICOM on sale. If you're looking to finally dip your toe into the D-Star pool and you're thinking really serious about an ID-51, now is the time. Call Richard, call Christine, Tammy, Danielle are there. You can let them know you heard about him here on the podcast. They will save you money. You need ICOM gear. You need mtcradio.com. One of the things, in addition to digital radio we haven't talked about here on a shopping show, is software-defined radio. Uh, maybe well, we've discussed software defined radio, but maybe not entry level software defined receivers, and uh, want to talk about those right now. Uh, and and like I told the guys offline, uh, when I use my SDR dongle, I call Gerald on the phone so to get to get it running. So I'm not the uh, I'm not the guy to educate you here, but I've got two really smart guys here with me again, George and Jeremy on the show, and uh, we're going to talk about shopping for some SDR stuff. Go ahead, Jeremy, what you got? So, you know, when we talk about SDRs, there are really high-end radios like the Flex 6700, uh, the uh, the Anon 100 and 200. Um, you know, there was a Russian company that we met at Dayton that I can't remember their name, but they have some incredibly 
well uh, well specced and uh, cool SDR equipment that is hybrid that can be standalone or used as uh, computer controlled SDRs. Not really going to cover that stuff. Uh, primarily because I, I really want to focus on, again, getting people into understanding the brilliance of SDR. And like a lot of things in our amateur hobby, uh, things from the Far East create very low barriers to entry to play with this. And um, truthfully, about every, just about everything I'm about to cover could almost be stocking stuffers. So uh, the very first thing that I would recommend, and we covered this uh, in the SDR show that Gerald and I did, um, but there is uh, RTL SDR V3. This is uh, another USB stick that plugs into your computer, has an SMA connector on it, uh, is available on Amazon for $25. $25. That's a deal. And it is a receiver that gives you from 500 kilohertz to 1.8 gigahertz. Is that the one that comes with two antennas? Yes, it com- it com- well, it comes with one antenna base, then then you can screw the the actual antennas on and off. It comes with a short little collapsible one, and then a very large collapsible antenna. Yeah, that's the one to buy, um, guys. Buy buy it. It's twenty five dollars. Buy it. Yes, and uh, this is the, the software. There's a, several different software packages that can use these things, and depending on how advanced you want to get, and that's beyond the scope of this. Um, but if you're a Windows user, there's an application called SDR Sharp. Uh, that are pretty much compatible with these things out of the box. But it will really give you a taste of the power and why SDR matters. Uh, I can't remember what the bandwidth of these are. I think it's it's a couple, maybe a megahertz or two megahertz. I don't remember uh, off the top of my head. But the first time that you're actually able to see all of two meters on the screen at once um, and you start seeing repeaters coming up and then you start seeing the inputs coming up when people are closer to you. I mean, that it, it's, it's really powerful. Um, and then from the software side of it, uh, you can do everything from, uh, you know, using these things to capture APRS packets to actually building uh, a Project 25 scanner using freely available software without, you know, giving five, six hundred dollars to Uniden or Whistler. That that trunk tracks is what he's saying, right? Yeah, trunk and does the the digital decoding. Yeah, yeah. So again, incredibly powerful, and at twenty five bucks, you know, there's no excuse not to get it. Now, if you want to move up from there and get something that is really uh, a nicer engineered piece of equipment, uh, the big things being is you're going to have more bandwidth. The the, uh, the receiver circuitry is going to be quieter, so you're going to have more sensitivity and selectivity. Uh, or sorry, you're going to have more sensitivity. Selectivity is a software function, and SDR is not a hardware function. Um, also going to you know be that that DC to about 1.8 uh, gigahertz. But there is a company called AirSpy. AirSpy has two models. They have the AirSpy R R R2, uh, which allows you to see up to 10 megahertz of bandwidth in the computer. And then this year they released the AirSpy Mini, which is, again, it's actually very similar to that RTL SDR package. Um, you know, the circuitry is uh, relatively different, uh, but this form is about the size of a large thumb drive. Um, but the cool thing about this is, is this is manufactured by the people who write the SDR Sharp, Sharp software. So when you plug this in and run SDR Sharp, you actually get a lot more options based on things they have put into their board. Um, but again, overall, the the SDR, I'm sorry, the um, the AirSpy Mini gives you up to 6 megahertz of bandwidth, uh, which is plenty for a lot of applications. Uh, the the, the AirSpy Mini is available for $99, which is awesome. 
I realize I just misspoke. I, earlier I said it did DC to 1.8. That's not quite true. Um, it'll do in the low 20s to 1.8. If you want to get full HF, then there's another thing that you would buy, which is basically it's a transverter, um, and they sell a box called the Spyverter. And what this does is this gives you a good HF performance through the dongle into the software. And like I said, it's, it's just a transverter. You plug the antenna into it, you plug it into the, uh, the dongle, and then you're able, you flip a, an option switch in the software to tell it you're using the transverter, and then you can see HF. Uh, and it's available for $49. Those are all available. The AirSpy stuff is all available at airspy.us. Uh, which is the American distributor. We uh, interviewed those guys at Dayton. They were phenomenal. I bought an AirSpy from them. I love it. It is a wonderful tool. I still have my RTLs, uh, which I'll use like for uh, remote capture on a Raspberry Pi. Um, but a lot of fun to do receiving. And it's also cool to just let it run and see what's going on in your neighborhood. I mean, for instance, uh, I was surprised to see my power meters. You know, the power meters in our neighborhood squawking away. Hmm. And if I wanted to, I can get software that will actually decode what they're saying. Nice. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, a good year, you know, Christmas time, low cost. Somebody, you know, you're, you're the ham that has everything. You haven't gotten into SDR yet. This is a, a good year to do it because there's a lot of uh, affordable and good equipment on the market. We've got a lot of SDR shows in the back catalog as well. And one pretty recent with the with uh, JNU when he came back from the GNU radio conference. There was a, a lot of, if nothing else, you've got some good software mentioned there to get you pointed in the right direction. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't have a lot of time to sit around and listen to stuff. I have to kind of move around uh, throughout the day and, and whatnot. But but I do get mine out from time to time. And uh, usually it, it is a text to Gerald if, if I stumble over something. But it is a lot of fun to listen to. And to watch, I'm a former firefighter, love listening to that kind of stuff on the scanner. And it's really cool to be able to see all the different tack channels and what up as, as they light up uh, during calls and whatnot. So it uh, may not be what you're into right there, but it does a lot more than just listen to fire dispatch and, and calls. Um, a lot of great stocking stuffers, and, and you should consider that type of stuff, stocking stuffer stuff. Uh, the RTL-SDR dongle, is a, if you don't have one, you're, you're behind Kale, because Kale's got about four. So... <laughs> You guys are way behind the eight ball. I know there's some other stocking stuffer ideas. George, did you have any ideas for some stocking stuffer stuff? You know, there's one thing that I would suggest, especially if you want to get somebody a present. You know, a good present might be something under a hundred bucks that you probably would put off and not buy yourself. And my my favorite example of that is a power pole crimping tool and extra connectors. Mm. So we've talked a lot on the show about the value of power poles and standardizing on those and replacing all your connectors for 12 volts with power poles. And you could solder the connectors or you can crimp them or crimp and solder, but the ratcheting crimper makes that so much easier. And I think they're about 35 or 45 bucks so it's the sort of thing you look at and think yeah i don't know if i want to spend 50 bucks or whatever on a crimper but it makes a great great present because once you get it you love it oh yeah i <laughs> bought, I bought myself one i bought myself one. It was, yeah i bought it at uh, shelby i bought the set uh, from the wireman with a bunch of different teeth you know and it's oh it's, great it's, yeah you know, i've done stay cone i've done anderson i haven't done any coax yet but I, that's one of the reason i bought it was to start doing uh, crimping on coaxial cable so how much was that set with the multiple dies? Uh, the one from him was $80. Eight, oh, not bad. Yeah, not bad. It was a little bit less than the uh, Quicksilver. Uh, the Quicksilver might have been 
might have had one more set of dies in it. I'm not sure, but I was standing right there. They're local to me. They 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 do a great business for me. The wireman does, and I'm like, you know what? I could I'm going to just keep my money right here at home. So I did. Oh, very good. Yeah. So that sort of stuff to me is like the perfect gift because you could. You know, it, you could just not ever buy that sort of thing. Yeah. And when you get it, you think, oh, man, what? how'd I do it? I'm so it? grateful. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. How to do without it. And and along with it, you know, maybe a, a bag of those power pole connectors, yep. uh, you know, for 15 bucks or whatever, you get like, I don't know, 20 connectors. So uh, per connector, they're pretty cheap. Um, so that's a great thing to have. So that would be my my top pick for for your favorite ham who doesn't have everything. Jeremy, what would you toss in the uh, the stocking for somebody, uh, your favorite ham that didn't that didn't have maybe something really cool? You know, this is something that uh, going back to the RTL SDRs, this is something that they sell um, as an accessory kit for uh, their boards. But the they sell a a selection of adapter cables, pigtails. Uh, that are SMA male on one end and terminate to all kinds of stuff. BNC, UHF, N. Uh, I think they even have F and what is it, TCX in there. Um, but the, the, this kit is available on, on Amazon. It's $19 and you get all these pigtail adapters, um, which, you know, it's always good to have adapters, but especially now that with things like these hotspot boards that have SMA connectors, you have all these different digital HTs that have SMA connectors that you may want to connect to a bigger antenna. Uh, I think it's it's just a handy set of uh, adapters to have hanging around, and at nineteen bucks, I mean that's truthfully better than than a lot of Hamfest prices for buying these like short little one foot RG one seventy four RG three sixteen jumper cables. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things that we have not mentioned at all is our antenna analyzer kit from the Workbench podcast. Uh, we're George. How far away do you think we are from getting those kitted and in, in the mail? Well, we should have the circuit boards, I would guess, in the next week. Okay. And by the time we get those out uh, and ready to, to process orders, I, I'm thinking about two weeks from now on the circuit boards. Okay. The common parts you can get off DigiKey now. We've we've published the bill of materials, and there's a single click uh, on the web. You can uh, click it, and it'll take you right to DigiKey and populate your shopping cart with all the common parts. And then uh, the other parts, there's just two or three more things, and you buy those from various vendors uh, on the web and get them pretty quick. I know some of the listeners are already getting their parts kits. I see that on the on the Facebook page. Yeah, well, you know, we've opened a forum up on the hamradio360.com site as well. It's the uh, far right-hand side, uh, our top bar, menu bar on the top, on the far right-hand side says forum. And you can go there. It's got the parts list and everything you need to get started. And as soon as we have those board kits available, I promise you we'll let you know and have them in our store to sell them to you. Uh, but that would be an additional nice little gift to leave in someone's stocking for them. Uh, this thing's probably going to come in under what? What's, what do you think it's going to be all parts combined? Oh, I think if you if you really shop and buy the the, the least expensive version of everything, you could get it down to about fifty bucks. There you go. That's a nice gift yeah, for everybody. 
and the, and the thing is, you know, we, instead of doing one big kit where you get everything together, you know, the feedback we got from listeners on this, which we, we did request feedback was people were really trying to aim for that like $50, $60 sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, by allowing people to source things themselves, uh, you know, they're going to be able to do it. And quite frankly, a lot of the parts that, um, that are in the, the order from DigiKey are the types of things that you may already have laying around your shack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could yeah, do what right. I, I ordered the whole thing. From DigiKey, it was $20, I think, and then uh, maybe $10 shipping to the house. And I ordered it, and within two hours, I got shipping notification that the package was actually shipped. It wasn't just created a, uh, a, a mailing label. It was actually shipped on the way. So they're turning them out quick if you want to go ahead and get, get your order in over there, DigiKey. All right, so before we go, I want to take another break and come right back, and we're going to talk about some free stuff, okay? And everybody loves free stuff. Of course, we made you wait to the end. But we're going to talk about it here in just a second on Ham Radio 360 Podcast. Yeah, so uh, right before we left the to go to that last break there, we wanted to uh, kind of give you a little heads up that we're going to have some free stuff coming your way, and there's nothing better than free. Although the old saying goes, there's no such thing as a free lunch. It just may not cost you anything in the end. So we've got some, uh, we got some free stuff. I've got some toboggans, and I've got some patches that I would like to give away. And this is going to be really simple, guys. You go to the website and you sign up for our newsletter slash contest link. And it's up there on the top uh, right-hand side, right right below where the new show posts. Uh, If you have any questions, you can let me know that you can't find it. But if you've already been a member of our list from the Photon Podcast, you may find yourself already in the running for the winning. So that would be kind of cool. But go ahead and put put your email address in there and let us know that you want to be entered into the contest. We do have toboggans, which is, that's what we call them down here in South Carolina. Some people call them beanies. They turn out to look really good. And uh, I've got some scattered all across the country so far and can't wait to see those on some of our listeners' heads. I've got some patches as well we're going to throw in there. And, uh, George, I think that uh, you want to come through with something as well. Yeah, we're going to cough up a pack 10 a mini. Nice. So we'll put that on the pile for, for the listeners. So, sure, I'd be happy to donate one of those. Is that kind of like a version? Um, gosh, which version? Probably the 9 to 1. So that that's what I went with. That's the more that's versatile. It's yellow. Yeah, it's very versatile, and uh, I, it's it's the most popular antenna we've got. So we probably put out probably two to one um, of the Pactenna, uh random wire nine to ones over the uh, fifty to ones. But yeah, they're the most popular. So yeah, we'll we'll give away one of those. Cool. And again, all you have to do is just enter. That's it. I mean, we're not going to charge you anything. I don't, well, maybe I'm just kidding. Really, really, it's free. It's free. Just sign up. <laughs> hey, Kel, I got a question for sure, you. Sure, sure. So, it, it, are those, the hats are really called toboggans where you are? For, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of funny yeah. because when the, uh, when the, what was it, one of those movies, one of the Christmas movies years ago, uh, a sled is called a toboggan. Well, yeah, exactly. But, what, but growing up, out here, they were called yeah. toboggans, is what my dad actually called it, a toboggan. And I don't know why I have, it may just be a Nelson thing. I don't know, but it's what we call them. (laughs) It's a Nelson thing. Somebody help me out there, y'all. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But it's a beanie. What do you, what do you call, what do you call that sort of hat in California? I mean, of course you really don't need them unless you're up North. No, but you know what the weird thing is? That's like super popular amongst uh, kids that, you know, it could be a 75 degrees and there's a kid with a, with a stretchy hat over his head. And I just don't, 
I don't get it. I'm, I'm yeah. I don't know. Take your toboggan off, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Snowflake. Uh, anyway, I'll try that next time. Yeah, yeah. They'll look at you kind of funny. So, uh, thank you, George, for that gift to our listeners. Uh, pack ten of mini. Uh, I'm telling you guys uh, that you get it, you're going to love it. It's it's phenomenal. So we got friends and listeners all over the U.S. and the world. There's a great Yahoo group for the Pack Ten. I mean, I don't want to go too far with it, but it is a great product. And if you guys are doing QRP portable rig stuff, enter. Maybe you'll win it. It's a lot, a lot of a lot of really cool stuff in a very small package. And uh, finally, we've got a we got a gift from our buddies down in uh, Maine Trading Company, Richard and Christine, Tammy and Danielle, Chris. They have sent us a Titera MD380 DMR radio to give away to one of our lucky listeners. Uh, here in the States, in the United States of America. I'm sorry, I can't ship that internationally. Um, I don't have but two arms to, to pay for that. But um, it's free, and, and we need you to sign up for it. A big thank you again to our friends at MTC Radio for doing that for you. Uh, but it is the UHF version of a DMR radio, the one we've been bragging on throughout the show. So all of those things and maybe some more giveaways that we may come across, we want to share them with you. And we can do that by having you sign up for the contest giveaway on the right-hand side of the hamradio360.com podcast website. So get over there, get signed up. Let's, uh, let's try to get this done maybe before Christmas. I don't know that I can get it in your hands before Christmas, but uh, let's try to get this thing wound up before Christmas and get signed up and we'll do a drawing on an upcoming podcast here on Ham Radio 360. That sound good to you guys? Sounds cool. great. Now, before we before I let you go because I've really enjoyed having you on. Uh, it's been so long and it's been well, it's been kind of a challenge at times, but man, I've I've really enjoyed what you guys are doing. Uh just just so appreciate the hard work you guys are putting out. I know that you guys have a show coming up next week. Can you tell us, do you want to tell us what it's about or no? Sure. We're actually going to be doing uh, a holiday shopping guide for workbench stuff. Ah, that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. It'll be yeah. just like this show, except more solder, more, yeah. so, more, way more solder, more solder and less lettuce. I mean, kale, lead, lead <laughs> and unleaded. <laughs> right. Well, cool. actually, unless you live in California, in which it's case, all you know, unleaded. it's all unleaded. No regular out there. <laughs> they don't know what regular is. That's okay. Well, we've got free stuff to give away. Don't forget to sign up again. Thank you, George and Jeremy, for coming on here. I know it's, uh, man, it's, it's it's been a while, but it's, it's great seeing you guys having fun over there on the workbench. And uh, can't wait to have you back here on this show to uh, to talk some more stuff as time goes on. Well, and we really appreciate being able to do the workbench, Kale. So thanks for being the the father of that and um, and and really running the whole show here. So thank you. Well, it takes a, yes. it takes a village. Thank you. It does take a village, and we're we're working hard, guys, to keep it going for you. Thank you so much for all our sponsors, uh, George Pactena, especially. Thank you very much, MTCRadio.com. You know, I've I've been saying that for three years, and I still find my friends and people that I know shopping somewhere else and i don't know if they're just not listening to me maybe they have a really good relationship over there but if you don't have a favorite amateur radio store to buy from take it from me shop with mtcradio.com you will not be disappointed i promise you scouts honor whatever you want to say they'll do you right guaranteed so make sure you check out our show sponsor mtc radio hey in addition to that um 
the, the new year's coming and we want to hear from you what you want to hear us talking about of course george has already mentioned a time or two the great interaction we're getting on facebook and twitter love making that connection with you of course our emails work as well and we love to hear from you so uh the forum is now up and running on the website and we're talking about the antenna analyzer builder uh build kit thing that we're getting together so it's all there just go to hamradio360.com and make make it your favorite we'd love to have you guys again thanks so much for being here and we'll catch up with you soon all right 73 73 thanks kale see you jeremy see ya so that's a wrap. We're done. And all that's left is the crying, as my grandfather used to say. The money's spent, and we're just waiting on the credit card receipt, the bill to come back in. <laughs> we really do hope that you enjoyed the program and hope that you'll come back and listen next week. George and Jeremy will be here without me. Oh, I know it's tough, isn't it? I'm just kidding. They'll be here without me, and they'll be doing a workbench shopping show. So we're going to hit you two weeks in a row, man. We're getting into your wallet big time. I'm just playing. But if you do need some gear, remember, our friends at Main Trading Company, they'll do their best to get you the best deal on the planet and get the gear in your hand very, very quickly. We appreciate you again listening. Very special thank you to George and Jeremy. Thank you so much, guys, for the hard work that you're putting in to the workbench show. Just got word that they're going to be doing a continuation, of course, and really, really hoping to get those boards in my hand soon. Speaking of, as soon as the boards for the Antenna Analyzer project are in my hand, I can calculate the shipping. We'll put them on the internet, okay? They'll be on the website store. You can purchase them from there. If you've got questions about that project, go to the website, hamradio360.com. Far right-hand side, you see a tab there for forums. You click it, open the forums. That's what the forums are about, the Antenna Analyzer Project. Don't forget, too, that we've got a contest coming up. We're going to be giving away some radios and some gear. We just talked about it. And you can sign up for the link there on the website, hamradio360.com. Contest, contest link, sorry. Contest entry right there at the top of the page. Appreciate you guys. Hope you have a marvelous Thanksgiving. Can't wait to get back in here with you pretty soon. No telling what we're going to talk about the next time. But until we do, God bless you in 73, y'all. Thank you for listening to Ham Radio 360, brought to you by mtcradio.com. For more information about the program, visit hamradio360.com. Till next time, 73s, y'all. <laughs>